Hey, and welcome to episode number 11 of Career HQ. Today, I'm talking with my friend and former coworker, Haley Bryant. She's the COO at Animals, and she and I worked very closely together for a couple of years. Honestly, I really miss working with her, so it was so good to catch up and to hit the record button to make sure that other people could learn from Haley's insights and her experience. We talked about a lot of things. I think the really the main takeaway for me was bringing your whole self to work, which is something I think Haley is really, really good at. And she talks quite a bit about that in this episode. So I think you'll enjoy that. Just one quick thing for you, pro.superpath.co. Our premium membership is off to a great start. We have a couple lessons in there. We have our first monthly one-on-ones getting ready to start. We have office hours scheduled, lots going on. I hope you'll check it out, pro.superpath.co. Hope you enjoy this episode. Take care. Hey, Haley, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Jimmy? Good. It's good to talk. We used to talk every day, multiple times. I miss that. I know. I I miss it. (laughs) I wanted to bring you on this podcast because, well, there's a number of reasons. One is that like we worked really closely together for a couple of years in animals. As Devin and I talked about, like for me, it was a very formative experience, kind of like the most intense like growth period of my career. Not even close. Same as Totally. But I consider you to be one of the most influential people in content marketing that I think most people probably don't know. You know, like the... The people that you think of when you think of like, who's a great content marketer? You think of like people with lots of Twitter followers that give keynote speeches and stuff like that about content marketing stuff. Totally. But that's, that's not you. Like you've kind of come into this from a totally different perspective and I would love to dive into that. So you're COO at Animals. Can you do, maybe just first, like, what does that mean? Like, what is your job? Yeah, that's a good question. We're actually about to bring on a GM who's taking over a lot of my team leadership responsibilities. So we're still figuring a lot of it out, but I get to oversee the overall operations of the business. So making sure that we're profitable, that we're providing great experiences to our customers and to our team members, and that we're growing for years, hopefully decades to come as a brand, as an agency, and perhaps a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons that I say you're such an influential person, just like the content industry is because I don't think people really know how much content that they see and read is actually from animals. Like it's a lot more than you might think. And so like as COO, you're responsible for making sure that there are great people to do that work and great processes. Like there's so much infrastructure that has been built over the past couple of years to make that machine work, which then leads to content all over the web that people are reading and consuming and probably loving. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I'm enabling others to do great work. I can't take credit for any of the awesome work that we do, but I'm very lucky to work with very talented content marketers and to understand a lot more about content marketing through that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about your career? I mean, you started at Apple, I think, right? And spent five or or more years there. Yeah. So right out of college, I went into Apple retail. I ran stores for five years there in part because I graduated during the recession, in part because I love technology, in part because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And the people at the recruiting event that I went to were like cult leaders. They were just so fanatic about Apple and Steve Jobs and the newly launched iPhone. I was really excited about their energy and what the company was about. Apple's ethos, their soul is all built around their people. And I just love that so much. And it's informed pretty much everything else in my career as a people leader, as a now kind of content marketer, as an operations leader. So yeah, Apple got me started and I really enjoyed working there. And then 
there was a brief stint and I'd done this after that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I left Apple after five years. Things became a little bit cyclical. I wanted a new challenge. I started reading a lot about SaaS and customer success. Felt like it was a great kind of mix of my skills, but also would stretch me in new ways. I met Walter through that experience, worked with him at I Done This right before he sold the company and learned more in two months than I felt like I had in the previous five years. And I've, I've learned a lot in the last five years. So I knew I was in the right industry and that I would want to work for Walter in years to come. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. There's some great people that went through a very similar experience that I'd done this. Like totally. Janet Joy comes to mind. Blake Thorne comes to mind, among others. Like I don't know everybody that worked there, but that's pretty cool. And then so you go to Brazen. I actually really don't know much about Brazen other than you were leading up their customer success, which I feel like made coming to animals a few years later like a natural, natural evolution. Yeah, it made it a smooth transition. I left I Done This when Walter was getting ready to sell it to go to Brazen. They are a recruitment marketing event platform used primarily for like Fortune 500 companies as well as universities and membership associations to recruit talent to help people network at school or get into new schools. So that was also a really cool opportunity just to learn more about marketing and also to see how companies create opportunities at scale and move people through their talent pipelines. So it was kind of another way for me to understand people ops while digging further into marketing. Yeah, that's interesting. Also, like I would imagine like just working with big companies, like the first time I had the experience of working with large companies, I learned a lot about what they expect and how sometimes really difficult it can be to deliver on those expectations. And it's not just the work. It's totally kind of how the accounts are handled, how you communicate with them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. It, it forced me to become much more process driven. I learned a lot about obsessive documentation working for Brazen, about SOPs, about setting realistic expectations and consistently over delivering. And I also learned a lot about client management, like that working with people can be really fun. You know, like there's a professional aspect, but I would get on calls with customers and talk about their lives for an hour. And I was like, oh, work can be a lot more than just the thing that happens at work. So it, it kind of helped me understand what I wanted long-term from a career and from the people that I worked with, both inside of the company and outside of it. Right, right. So then as some, did Walter reach out to you? Is that how the animals connection happened? Yeah, yeah. I think like February 2018, he kind of mentioned, hey, like we're looking for someone in customer ops. Would you be interested in talking? Kind of similar to my experience at Apple. I got to a place with Brazen where... I was doing a lot of things. Some things had become kind of cyclical. There were other great people kind of ready to step in and fill my shoes. So I was ready for the next challenge and met a bunch of people at the company, was blown away, learned a ton in the interviews. I think meeting with you, I was like, oh my God, I want to work with this guy. I want to work with Jimmy Daly, <laughs> reading the blog, et cetera. And yeah, I was on board within about a month. What, can you tell me what... It, I'm asking this because I also experienced it, like what it was like to show up at Animals and look around and just like dive in to all the many things that needed attention. Yeah, it's so funny because I just finished writing Kristen Kraft's onboarding plan for her first four weeks at Animals. And it's it's not a masterfully created plan, right? I've created like many in my life, but I'm not the like end-all be-all of onboarding management. But like in comparison to my experience at Animals, I'm like, this is pretty structured. Like I got there day one and just kind of jumped in and did all the things set a lot of process in motion. I think the, probably the most important thing was just starting to talk to customers. Like we weren't consistently talking to customers when I started. 
which didn't make any sense to me as a service-oriented company. We were doing great work that was getting results, customers were really happy with, but we weren't consistently meeting with them to make sure that we were meeting their expectations or exceeding them, reporting our results, etc. So that was probably the big thing. And then putting more structure around development too. Yeah, at that time, Animals was really raw. It really was... It wasn't disorganized. It was just like... We'd sort of figured out this one thing, like we can write great blog posts. And then like everything else had kind of been set aside while we made sure that that was like that, that could turn animals into a real business. And it turned out it could, but then there was all these like really challenging things that needed to surround that to make it become like a mature, healthy business. Yeah, totally. And it's funny because I think I've had the same experience at other companies. Like it was the same way that I'd done this. It was that the same way to some extent at Brazen. But you get to a place with each company where like you have built so many processes and there's like a feeling of structure that it feels like such a shock when you go to a place that has nothing. Like you kind of forget, you know, how hard those first few months were and like building all that structure around you. You know, you don't, you're not as aware of it when you're building it, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, that feel like that makes me understand you better. Because I remember when when you first came, which is right around the time that that Devin was also hired. The two of you just like attacked problems with really like an intensity. And it was, from my perspective, having been there for a little while, I was like, oh, these problems have been here for a while. It's fine. And then your your perspective was like, what do you mean you haven't done that yet? You know? And that, it was awesome. Like, it was just awesome to have someone come in with just like this crazy high standard and say like, this is going to be really hard. It's going to take a while and we're going to do it and we're not going to complain about it. And then like, next thing you know, it's done. I like, I really have always appreciated that about working with you that like you just tackle these giant problems, like things that I would whine about and put off, you would just do it. And then everybody's happier and, and better off afterwards. Yeah. No, I think probably from my previous experience working with Walter, I just knew that I needed to run toward problems because if I didn't, he would push me into them. Mm. Like when I was least ready to tackle them. So being able to at least do it a little bit on my terms was, was helpful. Yeah. We had fun. We had fun. We got in some trouble for sure, but we did well. Yeah. I remember my very first day at Animals is like April 2016. First day. I like came to the office in New York for my very first day of work. And Walter had, he had already scheduled two calls with unhappy customers that I was supposed to get on and deal with. No. Have a one-on-one with an unhappy employee, edit an article that was due the next morning. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, but it's very true about Walter. Like he will you know, if he trusts you, he will just throw, he will throw things at you and expect you to deal with it, which is, I mean, I appreciate it because I, I learned a ton doing it. Yeah. You know, Walter says a lot that we learn by doing, we learn through research, we learn by working with the best practitioners, doing always being that first thing. Like you have to do it to learn it and you have to make mistakes along the way. And we did, like we lost a lot of customers in our first year, kind of asking those questions and poking at problems, you know, the scabs that had almost healed. Yeah, yeah. But there still were issues there that uncovered actually a lot of opportunity in the end, right? We wrapped up some business in that first year and a lot of those customers have now come back to us as we've grown. We put more process in place. I think like understanding what the problems were and then being able to carry that over the last few years to say, okay, like here are the things we need to solve to win that business back has been a, a great motivator right? To like yeah. keep running towards problems and keep asking hard questions and yeah, just kind of keep, keep my head up. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of learning by doing, you come to a content marketing agency, you know, again, like content manager or content 
director, whatever, had not previously been in your title. And then you started a blog and a newsletter. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, I'm curious if that was kind of a way of learning by doing, like doing it yourself to make sure that you understood, like really like in a practical sense, understood the things that we were trying to help customers do, like because they were struggling with themselves or was it something else? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm a very kinesthetic learner. I have been, and I've gotten the opportunity to learn by doing at every stage of my career. So at Apple, before I managed all the roles in the store, I did all the roles in a rotational program. And I've done this, I did sales and customer success and support in addition to managing the processes and systems behind them. Same thing at Brazen. So it was really important to me to do it at Animals, but I also wanted to do it in a low risk way. Like I don't want to write for a customer and have them be like, okay, you've clearly never written a blog article before, right? Like (laughs) this is an H2. So it was a fun experiment. And I think actually like you used a couple of articles that I shared with you and a few of your newsletters and you were jokingly like, oh, you should start a newsletter. I was like, okay, I'll do it, you know, as kind of an experiment. And then I just kept doing it because having the opportunity to think out loud was so helpful every week, kind of in reflecting on, okay, what have I learned? What's working? What isn't working? And then again, doing it in a low risk way. So no customer is negatively impacted by anything that I'm doing, but I'm able to commiserate better with content managers, understand like the pressure of deadlines, of research, of like, how do we reach that level of quality that we're looking for? So it's a really fun experience. And then also thinking about distribution, right? Building an audience and connecting with people. Really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So like from a content perspective, like, are there a couple like key things that you've taken away from the experience? Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. I actually started... So I I use this app called Journal. I started using it maybe two or three months ago for note-taking. I love it. I love the way that it's laid out, the way that it's organized. And I've started trying to think about what I'm thinking about. So like the, the principles of writing on a more regular basis. So some of the things I've taken away from my experience are just being consistent, right? Like showing up every week and writing something becoming more concise in how I explain things, understanding my audience better. So who's reading this? Am I explaining things well? Am I over-explaining things? And then how am I organizing information? I'm a very hierarchical thinker, which I think helps with customer management and explaining tough problems and how we're solving problems. But remembering to start with why instead of what has been a big takeaway for me from the, the writing experience. Yeah, yeah. Two just like quick follow-ups from what you said. Journal is so good. I actually got a demo of the product from co-founder Sam. Sam's awesome. Yeah. A week a week ago or 10 days ago. And I've been using it and it's really good. Like I'm really impressed. Yeah. I told Sam it's like what I always hoped Evernote could become, but never did. Totally. It's really good. And another thing is what you mentioned about writing every week. Like I recall early in my content career when I was like very, very focused on writing, reading an article by James Clear about showing up and about how he grew his blog by, you know, he committed to, you know, he didn't commit to growing a blog with a million readers. He committed to writing a blog post every Monday and Thursday. Yep. And then like, next thing you know. Commit to the system. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I'm so for that. I love James Clare. Yeah. The, the showing up every week is really important. That's been huge for me, just building that, that consistency week over week. And I think also having a forcing function that makes me read every week, right? Like, and about stuff that I'm interested in. There's so much time that we spend having our attention sucked away from us, just responding to the social media feed or what's happening in Slack or what someone else sends you to read. So instead of saying, what am I interested in? And then going out and finding information and then sharing it has been 
really cool. Like it's really extended my curiosity right. around a lot of different topics. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. That's cool. One thing I have definitely noticed about your newsletter, it's called Start Again Today, by the way. And yeah. we'll link, it's at HaleyMBryant.com. Yeah. Okay, we'll link to all that stuff. One thing I've noticed is that like, I would see stuff in your newsletter and then I would also see it at work. Like you would bring your whole self to the office, you know, the, the remote office. Right. So like, it was interesting to sometimes like observe you writing about something and then a week later, like it would come up in a meeting and it would be like, you know, I'm, this is something I've been thinking about and I'm really passionate about. Like, and since I left animals a few months ago, I've noticed you writing about a lot of different things like black lives matter, for example, and like diversity and inclusion and things that, that are important to you on a, on a, both a personal and a professional level. And I wonder like, I wonder how you think about that. I've noticed Devin doing a similar thing too, where like, you know, kind of like on Twitter, sort of talking about some of the challenges that come along with becoming a CEO and making herself a little bit vulnerable in that way. But then I'm assuming that the reaction on their side is that people really, really appreciate those things that like, there is this whole self attitude to the work. Totally. Yeah. My last COO at Brazen shared the concept of being a whole human and bringing your whole self to work at an all hands. And it so resonated with me. Like I remember pulling him aside afterwards and being like, that's so awesome. Like that's, that's a groundbreaking thing. And he just kind of looked at me like, yeah, cool. Like I'm going to go over here and get my, get my, my coffee or whatever. But <laughs> it's really resonated with me. And I think especially as an executive, but also just as a remote employee, like it's really hard to draw a line. It's like, where your work self ends and your personal self begins because not that you should be always on, but we often are. So if you can't be really true to yourself and what you're thinking about and feeling about in all elements of your life, I think it can just, you know, create a lot of unhealthy cognitive dissonance, let's say. So yeah, yeah I think especially during COVID, people are struggling so much outside of work with everything happening in the world. Mental health is so centric to what is and is not going well at work, to not acknowledge it feels wrong. So it's been great to get to explore those things personally and then also be able to look through it through the lens of, okay, me as a leader, me as a team member, me as a mother, a friend, et cetera. Right. Knowing it takes on different forms in each of those dimensions, but pausing, right? And making space for it and then holding space for other people. And that's been one of the coolest things. Like, I have to imagine that at least some of the people on the team that read my newsletter are like, "Ugh, she's the COO. I have to, I have to read this. Like, I just will read it. I'll just <laughs> yeah, make yeah. time, whatever. But every week, every other week, someone reaches out and we have a conversation about something I wrote. Like, hey, this resonated with me. Here's what I've been thinking about. That's been really cool to get to know people in a different and deeper way, especially because we don't often have that opportunity working remotely, right? Like there isn't the after work happy hour or yeah. especially this year, like a remote retreat of some kind. So that's so interesting uh, to be totally frank with you. Like I have struggled for a long time with the idea of like bringing the whole self to work because like half of my brain says like, this is such an important part of who you are. Like show up, not just to write blog posts or, you know, do whatever thing you got to do at work, you know, but like really, really bring it. And then the other half of my brain says, it's not just about work. Like, you know, turn it off, turn it like yep. at five o'clock, turn it off and go do something else. And totally, I don't really think those things are mutually exclusive, but I find my brain like at odds with the other side on a very regular basis. I would agree with you. I think there's something really important around being vulnerable at work, like being able to admit your weaknesses. Like I just went back and read a previous year's self-review and 
I shared it with the team. So I was like, Hey guys, like, as you're thinking about creating your reviews for this year, like here's something I've written in past, here's feedback I've gotten from other team members. So you have some framework to use because half of our leadership team are new leaders and they've never, never done it before. But I think that there's a lot of trust built through vulnerability and saying like, here's a concern, a weakness, whatever. And just making the space for that is so important. But I hear you. I don't think like you should be taking the office to your, you know, mountain walk with your dog or when you're skiing on the weekends or whatever. But the part of you that loves taking your dog on a walk or going skiing, like should still come to work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I will say I have often my best thoughts and ideas about work-related things when I'm doing, when I'm walking the dog, when I'm doing something else. My dad calls them the lightning bolts right? Like when you're still or when you're not, when you kind of lose yourself, when you're able to lose yourself, that's when you have the lightning bolts. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I'm getting like way off track, but I have kind of adopted this idea recently because I saw a tweet, I saw a tweet recently. I can't remember who sent it. And it was something like, something like I spend 12 hours a day on my job so that I can avoid the nine to five or something like that. And I was like, wow, wow, that really resonates. You know, like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't feel stuck in the nine to five. I work more than I ever have it's totally enjoyable. But anyways, I have picked up this new, this kind of new routine of what I'm calling like analog weekends, where it's not about like, I'm just going to put my phone away and do something else. It's like, I'm going to tackle a project like around the house, like some kind of DIY home improvement. It's like, I got to use my hands. It doesn't really involve a computer or whatever. And then, but like the whole time I'm like, okay, well, I could do this. Uh, You know, we could solve this problem at work by doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's very, so good for the brain. Just like keep moving. And it's not, it's certainly not work, but yeah. Totally. It's way more productive than staring at a screen sometimes. I was talking to Devin about this the other week. We were talking about like how we relax. And I was like, what, like, what is, what is that? What does that mean? What does that look like? You know, cause <laughs> right. I have like a new puppy, five-year-old, like family scattered all over the, every corner of the earth. But she was like, it's cool. Like you don't have to just like sit still and sleep to be relaxing. Like maybe relaxation for you is doing laundry or going on a hike or whatever. And you know, your brain does keep moving. And I think that's, that's great when you're excited about what you're thinking about, right? Like when you love your work, your customers, your team, and you're just trying to put the pieces to get the puzzle pieces together with a little less pressure of like the set nine to five work day. Totally. Totally. What are you passionate about right now? Like personal, professional, like what is like, what is getting you up in the morning? Yeah, it's a great question. Creating opportunities. Like we're in a really great place. We're really lucky to be seeing demand right now during a really tough year economically. So the fact that like closing more deals means that we can create more opportunities for people, both new hires and the people within the company is really exciting, specifically with the focus around diversity and inclusion, right? Like thinking much more intentionally about how we can attract people and communities that we have not connected with yet, broadening our reach in a way that has a positive impact and aligns with the company that we want to be like those are things that really excite me yeah yeah what does that look like at animals the the dei stuff in particular like what are the nuts and bolts of it you know what i mean like are there because i know that there's a process piece to it for sure i know that there's a culture piece to it like what is what is it yeah so our people ops team did an audit of all the areas that we can improve both like our website our processes for hiring, for internal development and retention. We're doing a lot of different things right now. We've talked about things like website accessibility recently, posting on different job boards. So a lot of people know like HBCU, historically black colleges and universities, 
finding out how to reach more people that are alums potentially from those schools. So finding job boards there. But there's a lot that we're still figuring out what we want to commit to because there's there's just so much opportunity. But that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? It's like a bigger problem that we can solve in one year. And I think that's something that's really exciting. That's awesome. And Animals is hiring. I mean, yes. I know this because Animals is nearly always hiring, which is good. What kind of roles do you guys have open right now? Yeah, so we're hiring content marketing managers and more specialized content marketing managers. So if you have experience with product management, with engineering or development, finance, we have a lot of customers in those spaces. So really trying to niche down a little bit with the people that we hire, both so that our customers can benefit from that experience and so that we have people who are really enthusiastic about building out more specialized areas of the company. Nice. That's awesome. If that's not a pitch to apply for a job at Animals, I don't know what is. Come hang out. I mean, it's cool to wake up in the morning and see something on Twitter or LinkedIn about how much people enjoy working here, which like, again, I know you can't, you can only take that from the CEO with like, you know, so much gravity. Like you probably, you want to do the research for yourself. But um, I really think that the people are what make Animals a great place to work. How smart people are, how curious, humble, driven, the growth of the team over the last couple of years, both in size, but also in role, right? Like we've seen so many people move into leadership positions, editing positions. The person that used to be a strategist is now doing your old job, Jimmy, which is really cool. So yeah, the growth, I think is a huge, huge shout out for animals. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Animals is the only company I've ever worked for where people like really genuinely do grow, like not just in their skill set, but in terms of promotions and raises within the company. Totally. I wrote a blog post recently about why I think everyone should job hop, (laughs) but like animals is the type of place you don't really, you don't have to like you, there actually really are cool opportunities. And there's, you guys have a lot of examples of people who are not just taking on bigger content roles, but who are now working in sales, marketing, other hiring. yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Totally. Well, cool. I want to be respectful of your time. Just one, like one last question for you. Like, what are you doing for fun these days? Like outside of having a brand new puppy? I mean, that's the big thing. Training him has been like training me. I'm learning new levels of discipline, which is great. Yeah. Trying to write and just reading more. I'm getting lots of good book recommendations. I set a reading goal for myself through the end of the year. So I'm reading a few things right now, mostly recommended by my team, Full Catastrophe Living, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. I'm also trying to finish a book by Ben Horowitz. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we're going to, I want to make sure that we will link to your newsletter and stuff in the show notes, but start again today is what it's called. I really do recommend people check it out. Thanks for taking the time. Sorry for the departure, but really cool to talk about life content marketing and animals with you. Jimmy. Yeah, it was fun. Let's do it again soon. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Haley. Have a great rest of your week. 